Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Justin Charles, John Nye, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Josh with you this morning, though by the time you're watching this, it'll be the afternoon. The NFL Draft Day 3 will be underway. We had a great time on live coverage of day two last night on YouTube. If you joined us, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We had a ton of fun. Everybody in the chat was awesome. And if you were in there, just going right back against those those little, uh, I think somebody called them the Ravens younglings. Um, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. It was very entertaining. And it was it was really cool to see. Actually, the best moment, I think, was when somebody, one of these little Ravens fans came in there and said, that only, I forget what they said, like only children or only girls uh, use emojis or something like that. And then everybody in the YouTube dog pack just started bombarding the chat with the Browns emojis that we've created. If you're a YouTube dog pack member, just 99 cents. Again, please, if you can support the show for 99 cents a month, we really appreciate it. You get the badge next to your name and then you get access to all the Browns emojis, which were utilized perfectly last night in the chat. I want to talk about what the Browns did last night because we were live when the Browns selected wide receiver Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee at pick 74. We did not make it to pick 98. We wrapped up the live broadcast. Everybody needed to get home. It was getting late here on the Eastern time zone. And um, I, I'm, I'm coming at this with to you guys right now with as much energy as I can muster because I live quite a ways away from the studio. So it was a late night for me getting home last night, finishing up the draft when I got home by the time I, I got to sleep, woke up this morning to start doing draft recap and preparation for today. You know, we're, we're talking maybe four hours of sleep. So I've got, you know, I got my coffee 
I will be drinking that as we go along. This is going to be a little bit more relaxed. And as soon as I start to feel like I'm running out of whatever energy this puppy's providing me, um, yeah, I'm probably just going to call her quits. But for the time being, let's dive into the Browns picks from last night. Before I do, real quick, if you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to push for that 6,000 uh, subscriber mark. We're almost there. I think we're only like 25 subscribers away. So help us get there and beyond. We're growing the channel at a fast rate. And the the more subscribers we get, the more interaction, the, the more shares. You know, if you guys are sharing this on your social media accounts, we really appreciate it. We, uh, the, the, the content's continuing to flow, as is evident with you know, the live coverage last night again for the third year in a row and coming at you again today with a quick recap. So I'm going to use some of my favorite tools and analysis to just kind of break down the Brown selections from last night, give you my opinions on them. We'll get the full cast and crew, you know, together probably tomorrow on Sunday here to recap all of the Browns picks because as of this recording, round three has not or round day three has not yet started. So right now the Browns have made two selections in the 2023 NFL draft. The first one in the third round, pick 74, wide receiver Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Now it was interesting how this happened last night because if you were watching, and even if you weren't, you know we're I'll, I'll kind of run through this real quick. the The Browns were on deck to pick. And, you know, it was, there was a lot of stuff going on last night. So, honestly, without looking it up real quick, I can't remember who was directly in front of us, but suddenly the New York Giants traded up to the spot right in front of the Browns, and they took Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt ugh, wide receiver, also from Tennessee. Now, earlier in the broadcast, uh, we, had, we had mentioned Jalen Hyatt's name quite a bit because he was still on the board, especially as more and more receivers that, you know, we like Derek... Derek Frisbee from DF Sports was live in studio with, a, with us last night. We liked a lot of these receivers that were starting to get taken. And we kept pointing to Jalen Hyatt still being on the board. And every time we did, I made a mention of Cedric Tillman, his teammate at Tennessee, who honestly, just going through the draft process, going through this evaluations of, of these wide receivers, I liked Cedric Tillman better than Jalen Hyatt anyway. It's not a knock against Jalen Hyatt. I do think that he's a pretty good prospect. He's a good receiver. And, you know, I, I think to kind of be fair, I called him a one-trick pony at one point last night because of his, his downfield threat, his speed. He doesn't have a whole lot of route running development yet. But at the same time, I think I got to be fair and say Cedric Tillman sort of has that one-trick pony as well or trait as well where he is a downfield uh, contested catch specialist. He does not have an extensive route tree. That's one thing he's going to need to develop. So, you know, I think the first thing I'll do here, and again, I'm flying off the cuff with a lot of this stuff because I'm tired. And quite honestly, we, we got the, the day three starting here in a couple hours, and I'm going to just lay on the couch and watch it happen. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. But here this morning, just want to get these, this analysis out to you guys. So let's first start with PFF. Let's look at Cedric Tillman. Six foot three, 213 pounds big-bodied receiver. He's a redshirt senior. He played five years at Tennessee, so he breaks the mold for Andrew Barry, who historically has shied away from older prospects in the draft process. Cedric Tillman is already 23 years old. Again, 
very known for the 21 22 max like that he likes the younger prospects and we can dive into the rationale behind that at another point um blake is not as sold on age being a factor i understand it being a factor i'm not necessarily saying that i agree with uh the the thought process whatever we'll, we'll, we'll get into that but cedric tillman According to PFF, he is the most physical receiver in this draft class. That's a big thing for the Browns. He's a safe bet as a possession receiver. He only dropped five targets or five passes on 104 career catchable targets. That is pretty awesome. So he was projected as a fourth round pick. So again, Browns took him in the third. They say Tillman's physicality will appeal to teams that demand plus blockers on the edge but he is a one-trick route runner who can play only a few roles. What he can improve on is press coverage. Tillman needs more answers for press coverage than just hand-fighting. Corners that can match his physicality take him out of his quarterback's progression. Now, I think that's important to note right there. Corners that can match his physicality are able to take him out of the progression. That's if you can match his physicality. This is a big kid right here. I, I like the physicality that we're adding to the defense because, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on adding speed and, you know, to the offense. And we did that. We added speed with Elijah Moore. So I think going and getting a guy like Cedric Tillman fills a different role for the Browns. And it's a role that I wrote an article for Dog Pound Daily this morning when I woke up talking about how Cedric Tillman is is showing that the Browns are preparing to lose Donovan Peoples-Jones in free agency in 2024. And that's because Donovan Peoples-Jones has already shown that he has the ability to be a number two receiver for an NFL offense and with a full season projected here anyway, barring any injury or anything else, with Deshaun Watson in 2023, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to put up numbers that other teams without a top alpha wide receiver will look at in free agency next year and say, we want Donovan Peoples-Jones to be our number one wide receiver. That won't be the Browns. I don't believe that'll be the Browns. I don't believe that we'll have the budget for him. So I do think, I do expect to see Donovan Peoples-Jones be the top receiver for another team in 2024. Cedric Tillman fills the void left behind by Donovan Peoples-Jones moving forward. So where Tillman wins, his catch radius, Tillman wins by presenting his quarterbacks with massive windows. He's going to attack 50-50 balls in a way that will quickly build rapport with his quarterback in the NFL. That's key. So I was looking up the stats this morning, trying to run them off the top of my head. It was, I believe, 42.7% contested catch rate just here in 2022. Now, it it was kind of an injury season for him. 2021 was really Cedric Tillman's breakout season. And if you look at that full season that he had, he, let's see, 2021, he had he had 86 targets. He caught 64 passes for 1,081 yards and 12 touchdowns in 13 games. So that was huge. He had a huge 2021 season. His contested catch rate in 21 was 68.8%. That's awesome. This is a 50-50 ball winner who Deshaun Watson's going to love throwing the ball down the field to Cedric Tillman, okay? 
So we'll go back here. What is his role according to PFF? He is a vertical tree X receiver. Teams will want Tillman to utilize his size on the outside where he can lead block on screens and get his hands on defensive backs during his routes. I think that Tillman's physicality on the field, you know, I, I talked to Lovato about David Bell and what he provided for the Browns last year outside of actual statistical production because he didn't provide any statistical production for the Browns in 22 but he was on the field a lot. The Browns utilized him a lot. He ran a lot of routes. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. My voice is all like shoddy and everything else um, from last night. It, it was, last night was a ton of fun. Again, go back and watch it. I'm going to take a drink of coffee. So if there's a, a little silence here on the audio, just kind of bear with me. Ah, okay, nothing better than coffee into the microphone. So I think what you're going to see out, out of Tillman here in 23 and I caution Browns fans to, to not repeat the same mistakes that we did with David Bell last year. Do not look at the box score every week and say, Tillman didn't do anything. He had you know, two targets. He caught one pass for 13 yards. That is not what's important. What I want to see out of Tillman is, is he on the field? Because if he's on the field, that means the Browns believe in what, believe in what they're asking him to do, and they believe that he is executing what they're asking him to do. And they're probably not going to be asking him for statistical production. It's going to be things like getting physical on these defensive backs, blocking on screens, freeing up lanes for guys like Elijah Moore to get open, catch the ball, and make plays after the catch. That's what I see for Cedric Tillman here in his first rookie season with the Cleveland Browns. Let's see. What else do we want to talk about with Tillman? Um so we'll just do a quick PFF review. A five-year player at Tennessee. He had just one season where he saw 60-plus targets. That was 21. Uh, over his first three seasons with the team, he saw two, seven, and 13 targets across the full seasons before putting together his best season, like I said, in 21. That year, I already went through the stats. 64 for 1,081 and 12. He thrived in contested catch situations, recording 19 receptions over the past two seasons that were contested catch targets. They give him shades of Brian Edwards, who, if you remember now, don't, don't listen to the name Brian Edwards and say, well, he hasn't panned out in the NFL. It's what Brian Edwards was coming into the NFL, that big-bodied, possession-style receiver with a ton of potential. I think Cedric Tillman has a ton of potential. I really do. I like the pick. And, um, you know, PFS pros for him, Venus Flytrap, they call him for footballs, plucks passes out of the air with ease if they're within reach. Tremendous at establishing leverage, plays like an elite rebounding power forward. The Browns need to be a physical football team in all aspects of the game, and Cedric Tillman brings that to the wide receiver core. Build-up speed that enables him to stack corners down the field. Now, the cons lacks the suddenness to separate consistently without using contact, but he's a physical receiver, so separation for these physical big-bodied receivers is not as important you look at a guy like dk metcalf it's that contested catch go up and get it you know mike williams he's not going to beat anybody with separation he goes up and gets the ball when it's thrown to him another con he is overly reliant on bully ball for a receiver that isn't particularly big by nfl standards meaning that 213 pound frame it's it's still big but whenever you're six three for the NFL standards, you're looking at probably 220 pounds plus, which, you know, Cedric Tillman, again, he's a rookie coming out of college, a young kid. He can still put on muscle mass and get up to that 220-pound threshold. 
They say throttling down is a multi-step process. He routinely takes three plus yards to come out of his break on hitches and comebacks. So again, with every rookie, with every player that comes in the NFL, there are pros and cons. I think that the pros that Cedric Tillman offers to the Browns offense outweigh his cons. I think that the cons are also things that can be worked on with good coaching. Now, I'll go over to the NFL um, NFL draft prospect breakdown. Cedric Tillman's prospect grade, according to the NFL, is 6.38. They say he will eventually be a plus starter, which... To get that in the third round is pretty awesome. His production score is 76. That was 10th overall in the class. Athleticism score, just a 71. Um, his total score, 77, 11th ranked receiver in the class. We'll just go through the combine results. 4 5 4 yard dash, a little bit slower. But again, he's a big physical receiver who's not winning with his speed. He's winning with his hands, which is very important. He had a 1.53 second 10-yard split, 37-inch vertical jump, 10-foot eight inch broad jump he did not do the three cone the 20 yard shuttle or the bench press so according to the nfl analysis his nfl comparison is michael pittman jr now if you if you followed the indianapolis colts at all michael pittman jr is kind of a lot of what i've said about tillman can be said to michael pittman jr big bodied strong physical receiver who wins contested catch situations he does not have a lot of speed He is not a speedy burner receiver, and yet he can still dominate NFL defensive, you know, these smaller defensive backs. So that's what I think now will Tillman become as good as a Michael Pittman Jr.? I don't know. I don't know, but at least the potential is there. And I mean, come on, when you're drafting guys, especially in the third round and beyond, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for where's this guy at and where do I believe he can get to if it all comes together? That's what you're evaluating when you're making these picks. So according to the NFL, highly competitive wideout with an enticing blend of size, skill, and toughness that fits what teams look for in an NFL starter. Tillman was a monster in 2021, ringing up impressive performances against the likes of Alabama and Georgia. So he has proven it against NFL caliber talent on the defensive side of the ball. He proved he could catch the ball through contact underneath while imposing his size and ball skills on opponents when pulling in the deep ball. He has average speed and needs to play with better explosiveness out of his breaks as NFL windows will become much tighter on the first two levels. A high ankle sprain suffered in the third game of the season robbed him of a highly productive 2022, but his toughness to make it back early and compete late in the year has impressed evaluators. So again, you know, injury concerns with with Cedric Tillman, they they were a thing for him throughout his college career. But if he had played an entire season here in 2022 with Hendon Hooker on that Tennessee offense that was lighting it up, he would never, ever have fallen to the Browns at 74. Cedric Tillman would easily have been a second-round pick. I think he would have gone ahead of Jalen Hyatt because it wasn't until till, – it wasn't until Tillman got hurt that Jalen Hyatt burst on the scene and became, you know, the best wide receiver in the country. So Cedric Tillman had that on lockdown. He was the alpha dog for the Tennessee Volunteers passing offense until he got hurt. So this is Andrew Barry taking advantage of a situation. And I mean, for, for picking a wide receiver in the third round, I, I, I just... 
I like the pick. I do. So NFL, his strengths. Comes from NFL bloodlines. He plays a game with desired physicality. Posted 17 catches for 352 yards and two touchdowns in Tennessee's games against Alabama and Georgia in 2021. So against those two just powerhouse SEC schools, he put up 17 catches for 352 yards and two touchdowns. That's impressive. Proven his toughness over the last two years. Unfazed catching in traffic. Wide catch radius. Paired with strong hands. Plays deep throws with focus. Body control A-plus ball skills. Adjusts his pacing and positioning for optimal catch success. He drags cornerbacks for extra yardage after the catch. Now let's look at his weaknesses. He lacks sudden takeoff to consistently elude physical corners. He looked a step slower even before his ankle injury in 2022. He needs to fight off coverage at the top of the route. He doesn't possess clear second gear to run under deep throws. He must prove that he can make it back to his 2021 form, and he doesn't always snap off breaks with decisive burst. There's a lot of that in there as far as the weaknesses go. Again, that can be coached. And under the right coaching, if he can take any of these weaknesses and even make them, you know, just equalize them out, or even turn them into strengths along with everything else that he has as strengths, Cedric Tillman could be an absolute steal for the Browns in the third round. Last thing on NFL, sources tell us, quote, big time gamer. He had a high ankle sprain against Akron and was never close to 100% after that, but he did everything he could to get back on the field and help his team instead of just shutting it down. That was a quote by a national scout for an AFC team unnamed. So again, this is what you look for off the field as far as a character from a character standpoint in a in a guy that you're bringing into your team he instead of shutting it down like they said and just saying well i'm just going to declare for the nfl draft and get healthy i mean we saw jackson smith and jigba do that for the buckeyes so tillman did everything he could to get back on the field even if he wasn't back to 100 percent, he wasn't phased by well i gotta declare for the nfl and i gotta get ready to get drafted he wanted to help his team win and that is what I believe, I don't want to say like the main thing, but I think that was a key factor in Andrew Barry's decision to bring him in because those are the type of players, if you look at the high character player that they brought in with David Bell last year in the third round at wide receiver, they want high character guys devoted to winning, devoted to doing their specific role on the offense. So again, like David Bell, Tillman may not put up huge statistical numbers for the Browns this year or in year two, but as long as he is out there willing to do what the team is asking him to do, use his physicality, use his blocking abilities to do the things that the offense needs him to do in order to be successful. And he doesn't gripe about it. He does it willingly and he does it with a hundred percent effort. That is, in my opinion, an absolutely great move for a third round pick. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest homemade burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real, aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout and get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. 
Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at checkout. You get $20 off the Burger Perfection flight plus free shipping. Discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, this won't be quite as long and in-depth of an analysis on Siaki Ika, the Browns' second pick. Last night, pick 98. Um, Ika, this was, whenever I saw the pick come through, because we, we had looked at Ika, we've done a couple mock drafts where he was the selection for the Browns. So, interesting that he fell to the Browns at 98. I'm going to go through, again, like I did with Tillman, his PFF analysis, his NFL draft prospect analysis, Siaki Ika, which will be interesting being on the field with Sioni Takitaki. So you got Takitaki and Siaki Ika. Whoo, there's like a, a weird song in there. Maybe we'll come up with that. But anyway, Siaki Ika, six foot three, 335 pound interior defensive lineman. This guy is going to stuff the middle of the defensive line just by being on the field. He is a junior, 22, a little over 22 years old. So he's a younger prospect, the kind that Barry, you know, definitely gravitates toward. Ika is your 358 pounder who can still somehow make centers and guards miss one-on-one. He tallied a career-high 33 pressures in 2021 before seeing his play become a little more inconsistent in 2022. So PFF actually had him graded as a second or third round pick. So the Browns got a guy who could have potentially been a second round pick late in the third round. Ika offers more as a pass rusher than you'd expect from a man his size, but his down to down effectiveness is a serious question mark. So that is a little concerning for the Browns. But again, when you're picking this far, you know, in the draft and it's just, it's just your second selection. I'm trying to think how I want to word this. You know what I'm saying? It's, You're making your second selection in the draft a lot. You know, some of these teams made their second pick in the draft in the first round, in the second round, but you're making it at the end of the third round. You have to get a guy who you believe can become what you need. I'm trying to say this without being Captain Obvious. This guy's got a lot of potential. So if you feel like he's the type of player where his weaknesses can be coached, especially by a... a, um, a proven coach, a respected coach like Jim Schwartz, then you take this guy. So where does Ika win his lower body strength? Ika makes every center bring their lunch pail. If he wins the leverage battle, it can get ugly. He commonly walks centers multiple yards into the backfield. Now you want to talk about plugging up the interior of the the line of scrimmage. That's what you're looking for. His role, nose tackle. This one is obvious. He's a nose tackle no matter your scheme. He already, this is what he can improve, his weight. He already struggled to be an every down impact player in college at his size, which will only get exacerbated at the NFL level. Ika could trim down considerably and be an even more effective run defender in the league. So trim down, muscle up a little bit. He's, I mean, he's 300 plus pounds already. So you trim some of that weight down. 
you you build a little bit of muscle into that you can improve your speed your quickness and all of a sudden this guy like they said he's already more effective at pass rushing than what you would expect now he's not only stuffing the middle of that line to stop the run but he's getting more pressure on the quarterback at a higher rate so let's look at pfs analysis after initially committing to BYU, Ike ended up at LSU and wound up playing 246 snaps as a freshman on the title-winning Tigers defensive line. So he played in there with Joe Burrow, registering 10 tackles, resulting in a defensive stop. He played just 75 snaps then in 2020 before transferring to Baylor ahead of the 21 season. The move paid off. He saw 400-plus snaps in each of his seasons with the Bears. 21 was his best year as a pass rusher. He registered 33 total pressures on 275 pass rushing snaps so the pros for siaki ika first step quickness is as good as you'll see from a defensive tackle he presents so many problems leverage demon he gives linemen no strike zone to hit he understands how to rush the passer he uses his moves in combination so well so that's what you know we're talking about with him if he can cut a little bit of that weight to improve his speed and quickness he already understands like they said how to rush the passer i think that's an important very key thing to be adding to the defensive line right next to a guy like Dalvin Thomason, who can do the same thing. Effective in the run game and still able to get pressure on the quarterback. So his cons, limited tackle radius, more of a disruptor space eater than a playmaker. Okay, fair. He's a one-hit pass rusher. If the initial move fails, he's usually done. You don't really like to hear that, but again, like I said, you're not getting a completely well-rounded prospect at 98, so I think this is still a pretty good move. His weight should be monitored, adding weight every year, but there's no need to be 358 pounds in today's NFL. So now that I'm reading this, you know, the first look, they got him listed at 335, but that's twice they mentioned him at 358. So we'll bump over here to the NFL Draft Combine. Okay, so six foot three, clocked in at 335 pounds. So I guess he's already trimming that weight down from the 358. So it looks like he's making that transition to the NFL, and, and he already knows what he needs to do. His production score was a 68, but that was ninth ranked among defensive tackles in the draft. Athleticism score, again, 55. Not real great, but, I mean, he, how much athleticism you getting out of a guy who's, you know, who was 350 pounds. Uh, his total score was a 63. He ran a 539 40 yard dash so the kid was i don't know i don't don't feel like that's too bad for a a 350 plus pound guy uh 1.88 second 10 yard split he did a 7.8 second three cone drill 4.99 seconds in the 20 yard shuttle so this is interesting because he is compared by the nfl to a guy that the browns already had at the interior defensive line and that would be danny shelton So the overview from NFL Draft Prospect is girthy interior force with heavy hands and a combative nature at the point of attack. Ika is made for gap control with his wide frame and his ready anchor. While he has the potential to become a highly effective block eater as an odd or even front nose tackle, he's quick enough off the snap to penetrate and disrupt play design if teams try to block him one-on-one. While he's unlikely to see passing downs, Ika does have enough athleticism and handwork to challenge the pocket from time to time. If he's able to manage his weight... Another thing about his weight, Ika could become an early starter and help improve a leaky run defense. Huh, a leaky run defense. Boy, who does that sound like? That sounds like they wrote the script for the freaking Cleveland Browns because our run defense was, sorry everybody, complete ass last year. And putting a 350 or 335, whatever he ends up being, putting this huge, massive human being in the middle of that line, 
I mean, it can't hurt. Okay, so let's look at NFL strengths for him. Slams into first contact with excellent hip explosion and leverage. Initial punch drives through opponent's pads. Good recognition against down blocks. Will require help to dig him out of gaps. Power and snap quickness to penetrate and ruin play design. Adequate initial slide quickness to create viable rush angles. Shoves and clubs blockers wrists and hands to eliminate the punch. Above average athleticism for a player his size. All right. NFL's weaknesses for him. Needs to improve technique taking on double teams. Drops head taking on block and loses sight of the ball. Gets too far out over feet, causing some imbalance. On the ground too often against Oklahoma in 2022. Okay, so they nitpicked on one game. Lacks change of direction quickness to tackle cutting runners. Noticeable dip in pocket pressure in 22 as a pass rusher. So again, kind of like I talked about with Tillman, I feel like a lot of the weaknesses for Siaki Ika can be coached and when you've got a coach like Jim Schwartz like I already said you go ahead and you bet against these weaknesses because a lot of this stuff if if you feel like your weaknesses can be fixed by coaching then you don't worry about it he's got high character he's a good you know he's he's got the the traits that you he possesses the traits that you want on your interior defensive line the way that we're going to run our scheme I I do not hate this pick for the Browns so some people are saying that you know he reached or, you know, Andrew Barry reached for this guy. There were other guys on the board. I think that the Browns addressed the two main areas of need that we came into the offseason talking about. If you remember back in February, we came in the offseason talking about our D-line being complete and total trash against the run. And we talked about our wide receiving core being very, very thin with not a lot of talent, not a lot of speed, not a lot of depth. After, you, after Amari Cooper and DPJ, there wasn't much there. So what did the Browns do? They added Elijah Moore for a second round pick, which if you watched this draft, if you followed along, there was absolutely no wide receiver prospects at pick 42 that the Browns were going to get who had a higher potential, a higher ceiling than Elijah Moore. That's my opinion. If you don't agree, I understand. Drop it in the comment section. Let me know why. But I just, I think Elijah Moore has all the talent in the world. I mean, he was almost a first round pick for a reason. So we'll see. Time will tell with like with all of these players, but I like what the Browns have done. Uh, they bring in Marquise Goodwin to add some downfield, you know, speed and all that kind of stuff, especially with a veteran guy. Um, and now we bring in Cedric Tillman. The draft still isn't done. Defensive tackle, defensive line in general, they addressed immediately with Dallin Tomlinson, Maurice Hurst. They draft or they uh, signed Obo Okoronkwo. And then the very second pick that they have in this NFL draft, they take another interior D lineman who is big, who can stuff the run, who can also get after the quarterback. So the the focus on this team and where it needs improved has not changed for the Browns despite their offseason, you know, free agent signings and trades so far. So they're still going after what they know are their weaknesses. I know we talked a lot last night about linebackers. Andrew Barry, again, outside of the trade up. A couple years ago, his only trade-up, by the way, for uh, JOK, Andrew Barry has shown absolutely no strong value into the linebacker position. Now, I do think we, we're, we'll take a linebacker here on day three. Could be wrong, but there are still great value linebackers on the board. So get in the defensive tackle market or uh, prospect class this year dropped off last night. And I think out of the remaining guys when the Browns were coming up on the clock at 98, Siaki Ika 
was probably the best one available. And so the Browns took him. I'm not mad about it. If you guys don't like the pick, if you have, other, if there were other players on the board that you thought the Browns should have taken at both picks instead of, instead of Cedric Tillman or instead of Siaki Ika, drop it in the comments. Let me know. We are going to get together for, as, as a group to do a podcast tomorrow to talk about everybody the Browns end up picking. So stay tuned for that. Again, let me know your thoughts on the two picks that the Browns made on day two. If you missed the live coverage last night, go back, watch it. We had a ton of fun in studio. It was a blast. It was just a, a really good time. We had discussions about Anthony Richardson. We debated that pretty heatedly. We talked about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and whether or not their passing offense is actually going to be good or if you know them adding Zay Flowers to a wide receiver core that also includes OBJ. You know, we, we discussed everything last night. We had a ton of fun. We talked about the first round. We gave our takes. We had a lot of, you know, Will Levis discussions, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. We talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the running backs. We talked about what, what are the Lions doing, taking a, a Jameer Gibbs at pick 12. I mean, it was a ton of fun. So go back, check it out. And again, we will see you guys later this weekend, recapping the full draft for the Browns. And I'm going to go rest my voice, lay on the couch, watch this thing play out. And I'm going to be rooting or some more great picks by Andrew Barry. Love you guys. See you next time. Let's go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the Dogs Podcast. Get your thoughts on the show at thedogspodcast.com. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.